podcast recorded at the Moot Eucharist on Sunday the 21st of November 2010, where Ian Mosby explores the theme of hope and resilience. This time marks the end of Trinity, which is celebrated in the summer. Looking forward to Advent and to the coming of the Messiah um, at Christmas. This Sunday has become known as Christ the King, and we remember that Christ was a very different type of king. Not one of power, but powerlessness. Not one of violence or punitive top-down justice, but one of love and restorative bottom-up justice. So Christ, in the horror of the crucifixion, shows us a little of what it means to hold on to love, hope, resilience in the most testing of times. The biblical titles of Jesus, Son of God, Messiah and King have been so thoroughly absorbed that their incredible meaning concerning the significance of Jesus has been lost. Jesus' crucifixion occurred outside the city between two convicts on a dismal executioner's hill called the Skull. The Gospel is the story of how Jesus, the Messiah of God, brought God's reign of justice by watching all that happened as he died on a cross. So we join the people who ironically hear the truth spoken in ignorant, sarcastic jabs. We remember that this kingdom is a very different type of kingdom. At its heart is the idea of mercy, mercy to the earth. And remember that Luke's account presents the crucified Messiah in acting out God's reign through powerlessness, surrounded by the mocking and brutal violence. Up to this point, before the crucifixion, Jesus had been on a prophetic mission, bringing God's reign for the people of Palestine. And he was not deterred by Pilate, Herod, or the Judean authorities. His presence in Jerusalem, however, also discloses the tragic rejection of his mission. As Simeon prophesied, Jesus proved to be destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that would be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. To many today, Jesus' death on the cross is a sign of Jesus' failure to be the King of the Jews and the Messiah. But they miss the point. Jesus is demonstrating that it is only love, not power, that truly transforms. A love that requires endurance, hard work, resilience, and hope for things to change when they are not self-evidently present. So Jesus is dying to save the world, not by political power or by might, but by powerlessness that then overturns the empire and all oppression, because it removes fear and empowers the ordinary to stand up to injustice and exclusion in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the new ecclesia, the new and early church, will be a visible expression of the invisible kingdom, a new form of relationality that will include slaves, children, women, in a radical challenge to the empire and to the emperor. 
and it will be the church that survives and not the Roman Empire. In the Gospel text, irritated by how the people love him, Jesus' enemies displayed their resistance to God's reign by their adamant ferocity. After the scribes and chief priests realised that he had told this parable against them, they wanted to lay hands on him at that very hour, but they feared the people. As Passover approached, the chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to put Jesus to death, but they were afraid of the people. As Jesus now hangs dying, the mockery of the leaders and the Roman executioners hurls sand in the face of the people who stood by watching. So we join those people with sand in their face, still hoping in a God still being crucified today. That, of course, is exactly the point of how Jesus is enacting God's reign of mercy by not saving himself. But they are blind. Then they cite the heart of the biblical story as accusations against Jesus. If he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The Romans were responsible for the inscription over Jesus' head, This is the King of the Jews. And their soldiers mocked Jesus and all of Israel with this title. It was the title in which Pilate scorned Jesus and the title which Herod Antipas desperately wanted for his own. The point of crucifixion was to humiliate, humiliate enemies of the Roman order in public displays of Roman clout, as if to say, look here, Judeans, this is the fate of all with pretensions to royal titles only Romans can award. Ironically, the faithful know Jesus truly is the king of the Jews, but not because Rome said so. No, it is not the title, the Messiah of God, that carries the promise, because it is God who has chosen Jesus by anointing him, Messiah in Hebrew and Christ in Greek, meaning the anointed one. It is with the Holy Spirit and with spiritual and not political power that the kingdom is birthed. And God's Messiah exercises God's righteousness and reign of justice and mercy out of loving powerlessness. So the Messiah of God is truly the righteous one. Jesus has brought into existence the kingdom of God that is here but not fully present yet. In the text, we encounter Jesus exercising his resilience in the midst of mockery, coercion and arrogance. His two words from the cross in Luke's account enact his authority. The first, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And the second anticipates Jesus' authority as the Son of Man, conferring mercy on sinners in God's ultimate judgment. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Where God will do, what God will do next is, of course, the heart of the gospel. In raising Jesus from the dead, God will vindicate him as Messiah and Lord, not to condemn, but to reign in mercy. This is the gift of a new opportunity to return to God and the gift of the Holy Spirit, renewing the promise for you and for your children and for all who are far away. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him will find love. So the crucifixion is a terrible scene, but it is also full of resilient hope, which is at the heart of being Christian. For some time now, Moot has been awaiting a new home. We have been called to endure, 
to be patient and to be resilient. It is this resilience that takes you right to the edge, which is intrinsically part of the Christian faith. I have no idea why suffering and waiting are so important. It just is. So we are called to be resilient, to not give up, to hold on to hope and the belief that God is ahead of us. I'm pleased to say that we in Moot have achieved a great deal in the last year. We are much better organised, larger and outward focused. We have become a strong community, a stronger community than a year ago. We are now much more of a contemplative community, and that's got to be a good thing. And I'm excited where our rhythm of life and spiritual practices will take us into an ever deeper expression of the Christian faith. Just to remind you on that, next Sunday, Moot will be putting the finishing touches to our Rhythm of Life proposal. So I invite you to take part in that important community meeting. So at this time, we are called to live hopefully and resiliently for what will, now, what will, will be now and in the future. So it is resilience we are called to live and hold on to in difficult times. As Natalie Goldberg recently said, Trust in what you love. Continue to do it, and it will take you where you need to go. So let us take these words, to trust in what we love, and to continue to do it, and it will take us where we need to go. So let us pause now to recommit ourselves to following this Jesus, this radical Messiah, remembering the things that give us hope, seeking God's love to bring us resilience in what we are finding as difficult regarding work, money and fulfilment. So after a short time of silence, can I invite you to take one of these candles in front of us and to light it as a prayer commitment to following this Jesus Christ, our hope and redeemer. Trust in what you love and continue to do it and it will take you where you need to go. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Moot Community Podcast. If you'd like more information on who we are and what we do, please visit www.moot.uk.net.